Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to a Sweet Sunrise podcast. I'm your host, Callie Dane, and in this podcast and online space, we talk about all things books and wellness. I upload weekly episodes to pretty much all podcast platforms out there and post regularly on Instagram and TikTok if you want to follow along more. We are still a very small, intimate group of readers and wellness enthusiasts, but I have noticed a few more people on the Instagram page lately, which is awesome, so I just want to say welcome all. I'm also really excited for this week's episode because we have a very packed pick of the week to talk about today. Let me tell you, we have a lot to talk about when we're getting into dealing with and accepting your past as well. Before we do that, there's not a ton going on in my life, but I am finally going to Disney this weekend. My sister, Kenz, is going to dog sit for us, watch the puppy and Zorro while we're gone over the weekend, and we're going to spend those days with Dusty's family. His sister and her fiance are coming down, and we're going to have a really good time. I'm also really excited to do the whole Star Wars Disneyland again. When we go to Disney with them, we almost always go to Epcot, you know, not for the alcohol, but for the sights. No, it's for the drinks, but it's really fun. So we usually go to Epcot, but this time we're going to Hollywood Studios on Sunday. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I'll say it, but Disney Star Wars is a still a little iffy for me. I'm not ashamed to say that with Star Wars, I live for the originals and the prequels. When I think of Star Wars, I think George Lucas, period. I don't hate everything Disney has done, and I did enjoy some things about the new movies, and I did like Obi-Wan, but they're getting a little too much. I did the first season of The Mandalorian, and that it didn't, like, capture me enough to watch the second season. Maybe I'll get into it eventually, but it, I don't know. I love Pedro Pascal, and Grogu's cute, but... I don't know. Obi-Wan, though, really did it for me. I think it was because the actor is coming back from the prequels. The way Obi-Wan starts, like that whole recap of Revenge of the Sith, that got me emotional as shit. That was really good. And the show is good, too. It's I like the direction they took with Leia instead of Luke, so we get more screen time with that character. But, you know, I can't really get into much of the new Disney stuff beyond that. I did go to Star Wars Land with Dusty's family about a year and a half ago, and it was really fun. Tried the blue milk, too. It was really fun to drink that. Um, But it was really cool to just step into a version of your childhood, and it really reminded me of when Harry Potter World opened in Universal when I was a kid, and I went there for the first time. That was a dream, let me tell you. And it wasn't quite a replicated sense of that, Okay, I was way more obsessed with Harry Potter than I was with Star Wars, but they're both very similar to me. Going to Hogsmeade for the first time, because it was just Hogsmeade before, like Hogsmeade and then the castle. And then like years later, they opened Gringotts in Universal, and the other one was in Islands of Adventure before. It's still the best one. People really like the one in actual Universal, but the Islands of Adventure Harry Potter Park is still definitely the best one, so go there. Um, Let's see... My favorite thing about Star Wars Land, though, was that we can spend time in, like, the actual cantina. 
it's like a super cool bar that makes wacky futuristic drinks and it's really fun if you want to go just make sure you make a reservation like way in advance because they go super fast like I know Dusty's mom made the reservation like I don't know like a month ago and we're not going until this weekend so do it fast let's see I've been working a lot and feeling more confident in my job which is great I had some anxiety about it over the weekend but I really stepped up today I've flown solo the last two days because my coworker that's really experienced and has been there forever is on vacation. So I'm really proud of myself for stepping up and taking care of the office myself. Um, I'm embracing the secretary life of cute outfits, daily routines, and organization. And I just felt really good today at work. So that doesn't that hasn't really happened yet, but I felt really good there today. You know, after work, I come home, I spend time with Dusty and the doggies. I've been really into dog health stuff lately because I think it's fun, and if I prioritize wellness for myself, I also want to make sure that my dogs are getting all the nutrients they need. So I made like a DIY food, dog food topper out of cooked steel oats and chia seeds. They really seem to like it. I think Dusty's been giving them a lot, but I think I'm also going to experiment with like a green bean pumpkin puree mix because I know pumpkin is really good for dogs and green beans are too. I know I think pumpkin really helps with like digestion and stuff. I know if your dog's having stomach issues they usually say to give it some pumpkin but they really like the one I'm making today so if they end up liking the pumpkin one too maybe I'll alternate like every other week with those. That's been good. I also have Zorro on a multivitamin for gut health because he has really sensitive stomach and it's gotten a lot more obvious as he's gotten older. I use, I got the Zesty Paws Gut Health Multivitamin from PetSmart, and I really like it. So if I feel like it's doing some good, then I'll let you know so far. Uh, also, eventually, I'm going to add some salmon oil to their food for some extra nutrients because I read up on the health benefits and how good it is for like their joints and their coat, especially if they're getting older. Uh, Zora's my best friend. I need him sticking around absolutely as long as possible. And I'm going to try the Zesty Paws brand for that too because I see a lot of good stuff about that brand in reviews. So if you have any other dog health related wellness tips, let me know because I'm always looking for new things to try. Also, last thing on my life update for this episode, this Saturday it was pouring rain all day. It was just kind of gross, but Dusty and I really liked the rain. And we ended up just kind of cuddling up on the couch and watching the MH370 documentary on Netflix, and it was such a mind fuck. It's called MH370, The Plane That Disappeared. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the um, Malaysian Airlines plane that disappeared in like 2014, and absolutely no one knows what happened to it. It's like 239 people gone, just fucking vanished, like literally vanished. It's three episodes, and it's really interesting. I don't think will ever ever know for sure what happened on that plane but the theories they focus on are fascinating they basically go over the three main theories about what happened to this plane and they bring in a bunch of experts they bring in people that have worked on like the data from like the UK and they bring in people from Malaysian Airlines and they bring in people that have journalists they do that too aviation journalists which I didn't even know was a thing but He's on there. He's really interesting. And then there's like a guy whose title was literally adventurer. Could you imagine that being your title? You're sitting in a documentary 
and they're like yeah what do you do and you're like I'm an adventurer and so that's what they put as your title it's like when they're on the bachelor or the bachelorette and it's something really random as their title but it was really interesting and I definitely know what theory I think is most realistic you may or may not agree but I really recommend watching and deciding for yourself so if you do watch let me know what you think which theory you think is right or if you have your own theory you know well that's pretty much everything going on in my life so now let's go ahead and get into the episode this week's pick is swear on this life by renee carlino and it is such an emotional read let me tell you and since it has a lot to do with thinking about one's past i thought i'd do a little segment on accepting your own let's get one thing straight right off the bat everyone in the world every single person in the world in the universe has done things that they regret things that are cringe and stuff that they maybe don't want to remember and that's completely normal it's just human life and almost everyone has some really emotionally raw and maybe even traumatic past memories that can be hard to think about and as someone that lives with complex ptsd I can tell you that things from your past have a way of sticking around until you learn to properly let go and properly accept them. I know way too many people that think ignoring big things that have happened in their past is going to solve their problems. Like if I ignore it, it'll go away. If I just pretend it doesn't exist, it won't bother me anymore. It can't bother me. Out of sight, out of mind, you know, but it never does. And it's going to keep eating away at you until you face it. My mom calls this clogging your funnel. This is what she always told my sister and I. And I'm going to share it with you. And I think it's a really good way to put it. You can clog your funnel if you've been putting off something that's been making you anxious. And you can clog your funnel if you leave things unprossessed. Let's say... You are really anxiety. You have a lot of anxiety when it comes to making appointments, and you have to make a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment because you have a cavity and like it hurts. But you're so anxious about doing it, you put it off for like a week, and then now you're even more anxious, and now your cavity hurts more. And since you're anxious, your mind is clogged, your funnel is clogged because you've been putting it off, and because no matter what you're doing, you always have this anxiety in the back of your head. So that's how I like to think about it. But when you finally decide to deal with it, you feel so much better because all that stuff that's been making you anxious is out of the way. It's really a freeing feeling, and I did feel that today after I unclogged my funnel at work. I I was worried that I messed something up over the weekend, and when I went over to work in the morning on Monday, this morning, I cleared it up and I realized that it had nothing to do with me and now I just feel so much better and I'm not sitting around worrying about it the entire day, you know? So if you feel plagued by something from your past, I would encourage you to let yourself just feel it out. Have that good cry, acknowledge the way that the event made you feel, maybe journal about it, and take a few hours or maybe even an entire day to just sit with it. And then once that's done, pick yourself up and start moving on. Go on with your routines, your habits, and go back to putting your energy into things you enjoy. Once you give something the proper emotional attention, you'll find that it weighs on your mind less and less. It'll still be there. Don't get me wrong. It will still be there. You'll need to give it some attention, 
but because you've sat with those emotions, it won't be a constant nagging feeling. Personally, when I struggle with my PTSD symptoms, it's because I was around a trigger that set off some old memories, and that's why I'm always usually careful to give trigger warnings in these episodes because I really don't want to expose someone that's not quite ready to experience one of their triggers to something that's really going to send them spiraling and bother them. And it used to be much worse for me before I started working on feeling out and accepting my emotions and therapy. And we don't need to go too deep into my personal life, but I did really just want to share what has helped me overcome these symptoms. And you might not have diagnosed PTSD or anxiety, but it's still totally normal to feel plagued by things that have happened in your past. So we shouldn't feel weird for talking about it. And remember, it's not healthy to wallow, but it's also not healthy to ignore these things completely. Time is only going to heal everything if it's given the proper energy. So make the effort, show up for yourself, and be willing to process the heavy emotions. And speaking of heavy emotions, let's get into this week's pick. I wanted to pick a book I haven't heard too many people talking about, not a, hype, not a lot of hype around, but also one that I think really packs a powerful and emotional punch. So I landed on Swear on This Life by Renee Carlino, a well-known best-selling romance author. I picked up this book towards the beginning of the fall semester and kind of read it in between class and just on my own time while I was supposed to be reading a bunch of other stuff for class because I was an English major. Um, and it just, I read it probably in like three days. It was, I couldn't put it down. It was easy. It was interesting. It lured me in. But you all know I love a good romance story. But that I usually find them lacking in substance. And that was not the case in this book. So let's jump into my own version of the book sleeve summary. Imagine someone wrote a best-selling book about your childhood. It's your hometown. It's your family. It's your story. But he wrote it. That's what happened to Emmeline when she discovers she finally picks up this new best-selling book everyone's been talking about. As a creative writing teacher that's been in a writing funk, Emmeline is furious when she finds out her childhood friend and first love has stolen her story. Emmeline hasn't seen Jace in over a decade, after their gut-wrenching separation when she left town to live with her aunt. She deals with a rush of emotions, but most terrifyingly, she realizes that she's going to have to confront her past and bring it inside her new life. Her world as a successful student and educator with an athlete boyfriend and fun-loving best friend will be forced to collide with the past she's always kept hidden. She never expected to tell anyone in her life about her past experiences with poverty, child abuse, foster care, and surviving it all with the boy in the house next door that was her best friend and first love. It takes her a while to finish reading Jace's book, but when she does, she's fuming about the way it ends, because it's not what really happened. Will Emmeline confront him? Will he ever find out? Will we ever find out what really happened between the two of them? And will Jace get in the way of her long-term relationship? Order your copy to find out. Okay, so to begin, 
like I was mentioning before, massive trigger warning. This book deals with child abuse, alcoholism, foster care issues, toxic relationship between parents and children, and it's overall just genuinely very emotional. But I will say, I think it's well worth it in the end. But you know, that being said, if any of you expect to be triggered in any way by these topics, I would highly encourage you to stop here and pick out another episode. Last week, I talked about Spare by Prince Harry, his autobiography, which was super interesting and doesn't include a lot of these possibly triggering topics we're dealing with today. So definitely go back and check out last week's episode if you would like. Okay, moving forward. I'm going to say something controversial here. I'm just going to do it. This book is very similar to It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, but it's better. It's definitely better. That's right. I said it. And it's crazy because out of what I can find online, they were published in the same year and the same month, literally days apart, which is crazy to me. I don't get it. But, you know, maybe I'm reading the wrong dates and stuff, but I don't know. If you listen to my episode on It Ends With Us, I did an episode this season a couple weeks ago. I think it was episode three, episode two or three, maybe two, um, of this season. You know that I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I ended up liking this very similar book a lot better, and I'll tell you why. It has more depth. Some of the characters and character actions are a little cliche, yes, but there is still way more depth to this story. I can tell that it was written for the story and not to try and be the next social media viral book. It tells an emotionally mature story of two kids that went through the ringer together and were then separated without closure. And even though they don't find their way back to each other for a decade, the transitions between the storylines are seamless. Like when she's reading the book about her childhood and reminiscing about her childhood, I don't feel confused, even though it seems like it would be hard to manage. You're reading between her own memories from childhood, her Jace's book that's basically about their childhood with just slightly different names, and then you're reading from her present day. And it, it's really seamless, like it doesn't confuse me at all, and I felt like it would when I first realized that was the angle that Carlina was going to take. But, you know, this book touches on some heavy topics, and it doesn't minimize their reality or try and shy away from the emotions involved. Like, we're talking about serious, violent alcoholism, child abuse, like, crazy stuff. And I feel like a lot of times when people try to include these topics in romance books especially, they kind of gloss over the trauma and they kind of gloss over um, actually like dealing and coping with these things. And I feel like this book did a much better job of portraying how she and how people in general live with the events that have happened to them as children. So I did really appreciate that. Uh, Emmeline grows up in, like, an extremely poor and abusive home. Her mother leaves when she's really little, and she's left to be raised by her alcoholic father. 
And then across the yard, the only other house down their dirt road is Jace. Living with his mother and brother, Jace has a very similar life experience, and the two form a strong friendship and really, really intense bond, as you would basically with the only other person you can relate to and feel safe with. And when things are too hard for Emmeline to bear alone, Jace is literally always there. But when her father gets arrested, Emmeline is sent to foster care, which makes seeing him extremely difficult. And you know, when you're that young and you're in love, and especially when you've been through super traumatic experiences together, it would probably feel like you can't breathe without that person. And the time they have spent apart, like, is truly heartbreaking. Ultimately, right before Emmeline goes to live with her aunt, things between them explode into chaos. It's a really dramatic scene, uh, and I'm not gonna spoil it for you totally, but saying it's emotional is a crazy understatement. So when a mysterious author, who Emmeline knows as Jace, forces her to confront her past, she lets go of some massive weights. She acknowledges everything she's been through. She's forced to tell her family, well, her, I guess her family knew, she's forced to tell her new family, being her boyfriend and her best friend, about all the things that have happened to her. And her best friend actually finds out from reading the book. And then Emmeline has to be like, hey, yeah, that's about me. So you now know things about your best friend on such a personal level that she's always felt the need to hide from you completely. And that must be a really weird feeling. But she acknowledges the things that she's been through, even as a child. And she allows herself space to process for the first time in literally 10 years. Throughout the story, you can see her become healthier for it. She really seems to be thinking clearer, to have a better head on her shoulders, and most importantly, at the beginning of the book, she's in this super, like, bad creative writing slump, and after Jace's book, she gets re-inspired and starts writing again, and that's kind of how the book ends for her in her career-wise. So that was also really telling because all these things were clogging her mind, and once she was able to put them away, put them to rest properly by dealing with them, she was able to get back into her creative headspace. And I think that rings really true for a lot of people. She even manages to meet up with her father and speak to him for the first time in a decade, which is an insanely emotional moment. Like, that really got me. I will say, I cried reading this book more than once. Maybe in the Marston Library at UF. Maybe not. Just saying. Now, to share my overall rating, there's a lot to process in these pages, but it's such a great story. Now, let's remember what I gave It Ends With Us. After reading and reviewing Colleen Hoover's book, I gave it a fair five. I thought it was a great subject to explore, a very realistic subject that a lot of people, mainly women, deal with. Um, but I found the main character too insufferable. I'm seeing a lot of these TikToks. I don't know her name, but she's the girl that does all the, when you're an absolutely insufferable character from an indie movie, and she does like all the really cringy cliche things that main characters in those movies do. That's how I feel like most main characters are in books that are written today. 
and it's so annoying like I just (laughs) they're all doing the same like actions like they're like oh I'm messy I'm wearing glasses and I'm gonna wear my hair up because I don't want to like wear it down I'm always doing my work you know you know what I'm talking about I'm not gonna explain anymore like you know you know what I mean okay so for Renee Carlino's swear on this life I'm going to give it a seven because of its how genuine it was I really did enjoy this book it's great if you are wanting to work on processing your own emotions or past or literally if you just need an ugly cry read it especially if you're a romance lover I do not think you'll be disappointed with this book so this is your sign to order yourself a copy again I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 I did really like it and that's a good rating for me and that is really all for today's podcast I know this episode is a little short thanks for bearing with me and thank you so much for listening in general. If you haven't already, please consider following the show and leaving a rate or review. It really does make my day when I see it. As always, there is a link in the show notes for you to share your thoughts on the pick of the week. And you can follow the pod on Instagram at a sweet sunrise underscore pod and myself on TikTok at Callie X Dane. And have a great week, everyone.